Greetings and salutations, everybody. This episode of the Golf Guide podcast is, of course, presented by GolfGuide.net, the best place to save 20 to 70% on greens fees at golf courses across Northern California and beyond. So visit GolfGuide.net and use the promo code GGPODCAST at checkout to save 10% on any purchase of $25 or more. One more time, that's promo code GGPODCAST at golfguide.net. All right, we got a uh, we got a heavy news podcast, some really interesting news uh, both in the professional golf world as well as the uh, golf course construction uh, swing of things. So uh, let's get right into it everybody with another episode of the Golf Guide podcast. Oh, it is a just a lovely, lovely day. Anytime I get to join all of you people here on the podcast. Uh, uh, obviously, Kyle Serlo, host uh, here. Uh, and guys, it, what, what an interesting week we have. Uh, you know, in terms of Northern California specifically, you know, the, the guy from the Central Valley, Mr. Clovis himself, Bryson DeChambeau, is on top of the golfing world. Uh, and that, that's going to lead us straight into uh, the news that we have today regarding all things professional golf. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Of course, wins the Dell Technologies Championship at TPC Boston last weekend, making him the winner of the first two FedEx Cup playoff events. And uh, Bry is really feeling himself right now. He is uh, heading into this weekend's BMW Championship uh, pretty much down near the top of the FedEx Cup uh, standings with a great chance to take home that $10 million prize at the end of the Tour Championship uh, only five guys will actually be eligible to win that said championship at the end. Uh, and I believe right now it is Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, and Justin Rose with the final two spots kind of up for grabs going into this weekend's BMW championship. But anyway, Bryson uh, really just kicking just boatloads of ass right now. Uh, certainly, you know, a, a controversial figure in the golfing world. I Admittedly, I'm not fully on board the Bryson uh, bandwagon. It just, it, it, I think all of his uh, his the way he goes about things is actually genuinely fascinating. Uh, it really is. It's really intriguing to see somebody approaching this in a completely different way and having an incredible amount of success. And it, it is refreshing in the fact that it reminds us that you know you don't need to be having the quote unquote perfect golf swing. Uh, you know. In, in the typical sense to be successful golf for many, many decades up until, you know, Trackman came around, you know, th- th- there were guys that used a different, you know, different kinds of golf swings to achieve fantastic results. I mean, look no further than Jim Furyk. Freddie Couples has got a beautifully unique, you know, smooth golf swing. And in 2018, with that advent of Trackman, a lot of guys golf swings, unfortunately, look really good, but also very similar. And it's just great to see somebody using a different methodology be very successful so uh props to uh bryson dechambeau for his second straight victory um you know and if you know as if his week wasn't uh wasn't great already um his win at the dell kind of cements him in and uh he was officially named one of the captain's picks for this month's Ryder cup uh the american team named three of its four captain's picks and uh, there were some crowd pleasers, along with Mr. Bryson DeChambeau, two of the most notable names in all of golf. 
Mr. Phil Mickelson, and of course, none other than Eldrick Tiger Woods. Uh, the fourth and final captain's pick will be announced Monday, uh, the day following this weekend's BMW Championship. Uh, everything that I've read and looked into, it says that Tony Finau is very likely going to be that captain's pick, assuming that he plays well this weekend. But uh, if that ends up being the case and the four captain's picks are Phil, Tiger, Bryson, and Tony Finau to go along with all of the rest of the American team that's high high in the standings, such as, you know, your Jordan Spieths, your Brooks Kepkas, your Justin Thomases. I mean, Ricky, I, the, the American team is about as stacked uh, as it's ever been. And you know what? The, the European team is going to be damn, damn good as well. Um, it, it should be a really fun Ryder Cup at the end of this month. Certainly one of the best events on the professional golfing calendar. And uh, to that note, Europe has actually made its captain picks as well. And they decided to go full, you know, veteran heavy. Uh, for the European team, their their cap their four captains picks have all been announced already, and they are Ian Poulter, Henrik Stenson, 2017 Masters champion Sergio Garcia, and 2018 Valspar Championship champion. Does that make sense, Mr. Paul Casey? Um, a really really strong group that obviously is you know headed by Justin Rose, uh, Rory McIlroy, and and several other you know John Rahm and a lot of other just top, you know of Europe's best and brightest stars so it should be a really really awesome um rider cup at the end of this month and it's going to be a lot of fun and uh you know aside from these captains picks winning as you know getting to be part of the rider cup now what's interesting is that uh tiger woods was a vice captain but now that he is a player he has forfeited his vice captainship and uh will be participating in the 2018 rider cup which is Honestly, it's it's super exciting, and it it just makes it uh, the incentive to tune in and follow this year's Ryder Cup that much more. Uh, for a, for a casual golf fan, I think they're gonna have a lot of fun watching this year's Ryder Cup. And uh, sticking with uh, the PGA Tour uh, this weekend, as I mentioned several times already, is going to be the BMW Championship, which uh, last year was hosted. I think I believe at Conway Farms outside of Chicago, which was won by none other than uh, the great. And large Mark Leishman. Uh, and this year it is going to be moving to Aronimink, which is a 1928 Donald Ross design. Uh, for the golf architecture lovers and nerds out there, this is going to be one of the finest and best courses that the professionals get to play in the calendar year. Uh, it's not Augusta, uh, but it's honestly not that far off from everything that I've read. And uh, if you're interested in learning uh, a little bit more about this weekend's venue uh Aronimink, which is just outside of philadelphia um the guys at no laying up did a really really great video that uh, i saw jeff shackelford had posted it to his website and uh again the guys at no laying up did a really great i think it's a multi-part video series on Aronimink for this weekend uh, it has a ton of great information there that i would really encourage anybody uh listening to this podcast to go and check out they did a really really good job and i want to make sure they get uh, get some pub and uh, that you go and take a look at that because it's really well done and it uh, deserves to have some eyeballs, uh, you know, looking at it. And so uh, aside from the venue this weekend being absolutely terrific, um, we got a we got a hell of a pairing for uh, for Thursday and Friday. It's going to be a short turnaround since last weekend's golf tournament finished on a Monday. Um, the guys are only going to have two days off. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, so we're obviously coming out a little bit later than normal, but. You know, tomorrow and Friday, you have Tiger Woods, 
Ricky Fowler, who's fresh off a couple of week absence uh, dealing with, I believe, an oblique injury that he's now saying is 100% healed, and uh, none other than Golden Boy Jordan Spieth. So once again, that is Tiger Woods, Ricky Fowler, and Justin Spieth. <laughs> Justin Spieth, you fucking idiot. And Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, Tiger Woods, all paired together at Thursday and Friday's rounds of the BMW Championship at Aronimic. So uh, that is going to be really awesome. And then uh, the last little bit of professional golf-related news that uh, yeah, I just do feel obligated to bring up because it is somewhat newsworthy, and I would be not really be doing my job if I didn't at least bring it up. But, uh, you know, everybody's favorite Masters champion, Patrick Reed, you know, made headlines because uh, he was given uh, free Red Sox tickets, um, possibly by the PGA Tour, possibly by the Red Sox. I'm not sure. And, uh, you know, he his reaction to getting these complimentary tickets were to go on to the world of social media, uh, specifically Instagram, where his handle is P. Reed Golf. And uh, <laughs> uh, just bitching and complaining about how his seats were too good. How he was right in the line drive, uh, or what quote in the line drive section, uh, which prompted him to spend six hundred fifty dollars to upgrade to seats that put him uh, behind the netting uh, in the front row, where quote unquote some other PGA Tour players uh, got good seats to begin with. So Patrick Reed just it continues to be incredibly unlikable. He uh, <laughs> he yeah the picture that he posted on Instagram was of him, his wife, and his sister in law. I you know I. I don't like being the guy that is vapid and judges people based on their looks. Um, but Patrick Reed showing up to the Red Sox game in just full Nike golf apparel, it, the guy just continues to be a first-rate Daryl. I, I can't I can't really endorse anything Patrick Reed does off the golf course. It's, it's hard enough to watch him play golf and do it really well on the golf course because he is really talented, but man, he just looks like an idiot. And uh, his wife and his sister-in-law... <laughs> I mean, I'm not here to criticize the looks of other human beings when I myself would never be considered an attractive human in their own right. But, I mean, you got to think the guy was pretty wealthy. He's a major championship winner. You, you know, you'd think that if he's going to completely forfeit a relationship with his entire family, that at least he'd do it for uh, a gal that might, you know, might look a little different than uh, the one uh, that he's calling his wife right now. So we're going to leave it at that. Sorry, P. Reed. Didn't mean to be too judgmental, but hey, it's my job. Uh, anyway, so Patrick Reed complaining about, uh, free baseball tickets, you know, anytime we get an opportunity to bag on Patrick Reed, we, we at the golf guide podcast certainly do not want to pass on that opportunity. So that is exactly what we were doing. And, uh, that pretty much concludes the, uh, professional golf related portion of, uh, today's broadcast. Um, one other little note that does have to do with competition that I thought was pretty cool is that last week, the. A uh, U.S. senior amateur was contested at Eugene Country Club up in the state of Oregon. And uh, Northern California Golf Association member and Fairfield, California native Jeff Wilson uh, prevailed as the champion. Uh, he defeated uh, the defending champion, Sean Knapp, 2-1 in match play and uh, had an equivalent of about four under over the course of the tournament. And um, just really, really cool. I think w one thing I'm definitely going to be trying to do uh, more often with this podcast, especially because we cover mainly stuff on the west on the west coast uh certainly anytime some golf development news breaks uh across the country we try to mention that as well as you know professional golf related news but uh 
Just wanted to make sure we give Jeff Wilson his due. Uh, he has been a prominent figure in amateur golf for many, many decades. Uh, he's competed in several PGA Tour events as an amateur, including the 2000 U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, the historic Tiger Woods victory in which he uh, had a double-digit stroke win. But in that same tournament, Jeff Wilson actually was the low amateur uh, in that tournament. And, you know, here we are almost two decades later, and he is finally breaking through and wins the U.S. Senior Amateur at Eugene Country Club. So a big, big congratulations to Jeff Wilson and all of the people in his life that, uh, you know, kind of helped him and supported him to get to this point. Um, amateur golf, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing, man. You know, 99.999% of us are only ever going to play amateur golf, and the people that do it best certainly deserve a little more recognition than uh, they get, especially on a national basis. But, uh, hey, that's why we're here giving Jeff his, uh, his due credit. So a big, hearty congratulations to Jeff Wilson. Well done. And that, uh, you know, that pretty much leads us into the uh, the latter portion of this podcast where we're, we're done talking professional golf, but I have a couple of uh, golf development and construction notes that I wanted to touch on that I thought were really, really fascinating. Um, the first being, uh, we're going to jump away from the Pacific Coast real quick before we bring it back, but that is uh, news broke earlier today, both from Matt Janella at Golf Advisor and Andy Johnson at the Fried Egg, that... Uh, a third course, or I should say a fourth course, because they do technically have a par three course in the sandbox, but Sand Valley, uh, you know, Mike Kaiser's Midwest Resort, you know, it's the man who, if you're not familiar, is responsible for building Bandon Dunes, Cabot uh, over in Nova Scotia, as well as a handful of other courses, uh, you know, has this blossoming golf resort in the Midwest in rural Wisconsin, where there's already a uh, Bill Core, Ben Crenshaw, 18-hole golf course, there is also a David McClay Kid 18-hole championship course named Mammoth Dunes and a 17-hole par-3 course called the Sandbox, which was also built by Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw. And now they have uh, announced that they will be building another course. And, of course, in the you know Mike Kaiser Resort uh, tradition, it will be built by none other than Tom Doak. So uh, if you're not familiar, Bannon Dunes right now has... Two Tom Doak courses, two Bill Core Ben Crenshaw courses, and a David McClay Kid course, and those same three architects will be the first ones to uh, the first three architects to have courses built at Sand Valley as well. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where if if it ain't broken, why fix it? You know, three of uh, you know today's most incredibly prolific golf course architects. Uh, prior to announcing that uh, Tom Doak would be the man responsible for building next course at Sand Valley. It was also shared with us that the other two architects that were in contention to build that course were uh, Gil Hans, uh, who, you know, actually just finished the renovation uh, of Aronimic, where they're going to be playing that BMW championship this year, as well as, you know, he's Gil is also responsible for a lot of other, you know, uh, really historic renovations across the country, as well as several original designs. And then uh, Mike DeVries, who uh, actually is the man who over oversaw the renovation of Meadow Club right here in the San Francisco Bay Area, as well as uh, several other designs across uh, North America and beyond, which, you know, have all been uh, have all been reviewed and uh, have opened and or widely acclaimed golf course. So three great architects, Mike DeVries, Gil Hans, but uh, Tom Doak is the one that will design this next course at Sand Valley, and uh, it appears he is kind of using an idea that I've had for, you know, golf courses to start implementing all over the place, and that is 
Tom Doak is going to be designing a short course in a way. Now, it's not a short course in the way that we think of. It's an it's not an executive course, but um, we're, we're talking something more along the lines of 6,000 to 6,200 yards, a par 68, 69, much in the mold of some of the great golf courses over in the U.K. Uh, Swinley Forest comes to mind. And those are courses where, you know, they're not obsessed with getting out there being 7,000-plus yards from the back tees. They're more fun, short, you know, probably going to have somewhere between four to six par threes and maybe only two to three par fives. A bunch of great short par fours and long, you know, mid-to-length par fours. And it uh, if this does, in fact, become, uh, you know, if, if Tom Doak's vision for a shorter course, a shorter regulation course does come to fruition, I think it can only be really, really good for golf. Uh, you know, the obsession with, you know, 7,000 yards plus from the back tees, I think, is super ill-advised. Um, you know, especially considering that even though the technology keeps getting better, the majority of us, myself included, uh, you know, hey, I'm a single-digit handicap. I mean, my, <laughs> my gin index says I'm a single handicap. If you go out and play with me right now, you, you know, you may beg to differ. But, uh, you know, for most of us, even with all the improvements in technology, we're still not hitting the ball 300 yards. You know, it's a 7,000-yard golf course still is a lot for most golfers. And, um, you know, having a shorter golf course that is uh, challenging for the good player but also a lot more digestible for the majority of us who don't hit the ball a long ways, it can only only be a good thing for golf. I, I, the fact that uh, fun seems to be the primary focus uh, is absolutely wonderful. I'm really, really excited to see how this project turns out. I will be following uh, the progress of this pretty closely, and uh, as I get updates, I will continue to share those share those with you guys. And you know, my kind of main you know inspiration for this idea, uh, you know, it, it says that Swinley Forest and some of those other UK Heathland courses were very um, instrumental in influencing Doak to want to do a project like this. Where for me, it was actually you know one of my favorite golf courses, as I've mentioned on this podcast many, many, many times is Alistair McKenzie's nine-hole golf course in West Sonoma County, Northwood. And uh, Northwood is a par 36, 3,000-yard um, golf course that is absolutely incredible. There, it has one 400-yard par 4, and then all the other par 4s on the golf course are around 300 yards and are absolutely brilliant short par 4s just with incredible amounts of strategy. And my thinking was, I, I hope you know, over the course of the construction that Tom Doak even takes it a little bit more to that levels. I'd like to see a par 70 to par 71 golf course, not necessarily 68, 69, not, I mean, again, not that it makes that much of a difference, but, you know, have it, have the par actually be up in the 70 range, but keep it at 6,000 yards. You know what? Like I, I love having par fives. Short par fives are great. Short par fours are even better. And to actually just have a golf course that's, you know, still has maybe four or five par threes and maybe four par fives, but have them all be fun with no thought whatsoever on hosting a PGA Tour event. Just having it be as fun as possible, I think, would be incredible. And, you know, this par 68-69 version at Sand Valley is going to be pretty darn close. So I, I can't really complain too much. And uh, the last note on this is that the name that they are floating out there for this course is Sedge Valley. <laughs> I'm not really... I don't really know what the significance of the word sedge is, but uh, I guess we will find out in due time. So exciting news out there um, on the Mike Kaiser front for Sand Valley as Tom Doak is set to design the next course there. And then another quick little Midwest golf note is that uh, Forest Dunes, 
another resort up in the north midwest, uh, home of Tom Doak's Loop, the reversible 18-hole golf course. Um, Gil Hans is the front runner to build an additional 27 holes out there as well, so that is pretty cool. And then for the final item of today's podcast, let's bring it back to the west coast to my favorite golf destination in the entire world, the aforementioned Bandon Dunes Golf Resort, where it has now been confirmed that, of course, none other than Bill Corr and Ben Crenshaw are set to design the fifth regulation course at Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. It was confirmed in an article uh, by Matt Janella on Golf Advisor that uh, they have admitted that they have a routing set in place. Um, oddly enough, they said the... Um, amount of land on the sheep ranch property where they will actually be building is pretty small and that uh, once construction gets started the project is anticipated to go pretty quickly so um, I don't know what the status is on the sheep ranch as it is right now in terms of when the expected uh, construction dates will start I know that I am going to Bannon Dunes uh, as I do every year at the end of this November I made several attempts to contact uh the gentleman who used to run the sheep ranch, uh, thinking that we may be able to get in there and play it one last time, but uh, alas, my uh, my attempts were unsuccessful. I was not able to find a way, so I don't know if that means that the sheep ranch is completely closed for business. My guess is that it's not, that if you really can pull some strings and you really know some people, uh, that you probably could still get out there, and that'll likely remain the case until they actually start breaking ground to build the new golf course, but... Uh, I think we can all expect that that might be happening sometime in 2019 uh, where that construction will break ground and possibly have a new golf course to play designed by Bill Corr and Ben Crenshaw uh, probably in 2020. So really, really exciting news for all of us West Coast golfers. Uh, I mean, I guess that just means that anytime y'all go to Bandon Dunes from now on, instead of staying a four or five nights, this is going to turn into a five or six night trip, which I... I you know, considering for me it's always the best week of the year, I got no problem extending that trip out uh, another day or two. So very exciting news there. Bill Corr, Ben Crenshaw, to design the new course at the Sheep Ranch, uh, debunking the rumors of Gil Hans' involvement and uh, that he would be designing the course. So that's about it. I got another golf course to look forward to up at Bandon Dunes here in the near future. And other than that, I hope you all enjoyed this very uh, concise and news-rich podcast. Uh, I hope you all enjoy this weekend's BMW Championship at Aronimink. I hope you all get out and get a chance to play a little bit of golf yourselves. And uh, if you do happen to go play, don't forget to visit golfguide.net and uh, search for discounted green fees, you know, 20 to 70% off. And uh, on top of that discount, you can save an additional 10% if you use the promo code GGPODCAST at checkout at golfguide.net. All right, everybody, that is it. We will be back next week. Enjoy the weekend. Mahalo. Mahalo.